Hey everybody, Dave Therian here. Thank you uh, for joining me today. We're in a series entitled The Supernatural Kingdom. Coming your way over to Hope Radio, 1590 AM, 92.7 FM. The Hope Club Podcast, newhoperadio.live, YouTube and Facebook. Hey, I want to encourage you to get on board too. You know, as we just heard on the radio, so many people do not have access to God's Word. They don't. And uh, WARV is involved in a campaign to raise finances, to buy Bibles. Let's get them over there. Get these people the Word of God. Go to lifechangingradio.com. Click on it. You know what to do? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a door offering at our church. Send over the money. If all churches did that, I think we'd do pretty good. I think we could make a pretty good impact. If all of our churches just took a door offering. Buy some Bibles. Send them over. Let's get these people tuned in to God. That's the important thing. So like I said, we're in a supernatural series entitled Supernatural Kingdom. And we're learning what life is like in the kingdom of God. Oh, and by the way, that life, it's while we're living here on the earth. And here's what we noted so far, okay? Because it's really important. We noted, first of all, entrance into the kingdom. How do you get in? Well, entrance into a supernatural kingdom requires a supernatural birth. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. Then we noted that kingdom life requires three things. Number one, living in love toward others. Number two, building our lives on godly principles. Number three, growing and learning the mysteries of God. There it is. Get those three things done, you'll do okay in the supernatural kingdom here on the earth. Well, today we come to an aspect of life. Oh, it's very true. As a matter of fact, not only in the human realm, but in the spiritual realm as well. Today we're going to see that there truly is kingdom warfare. Oh yeah, there is. There's a part of life that many people can identify with But we also wish it didn't exist, don't we? We do. And this sometimes happens with those we least want it to happen with. And sometimes with those we don't even know. This warfare, it divides families, co-workers, friends, even church members. God even tells us that conflict can and should be expected. So it comes as no surprise to the Christian that there will be kingdom warfare. So we need to learn how to engage in it, right? If something is that much of a reality, then we have to learn how to fight it. How does how do Christians fight kingdom warfare? Let's begin with this. Why is there conflict? Why can't everybody just get along? This is why. Because where there is a kingdom, there is another kingdom. And that kingdom wants what the other kingdom has. That's why. 
For some reason, kingdoms can't be consent, content with who they are and what they have. One kingdom always wants what the other kingdom has. I mean, even today in our current events, right? It's been a year, and Russia wants Ukraine. China wants Taiwan. And for centuries, kingdoms have wanted other kingdoms. And by the way, Satan's kingdom wants God's kingdom. So as we said last time, being in a supernatural kingdom also puts us in a backwards kingdom in comparison with the kingdom of the world. So that means we're going to fight our battles differently as well. And rather than fight our battles standing up, you know how we fight them? On our knees. You know, fighting your battle on your knees is a seeming vulnerable position, right? You fight somebody and you're on your knees and they're not, you're pretty vulnerable. But remember, it's a backwards kingdom. It's a supernatural kingdom. And that's the way we fight. So let's see how this works. We pick it up in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. And by the way, everybody can relate to this, so we need to really pay attention. For though, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Now, the word walk is the word peripateo. Peri means around. Pateo means foot or steps. That's where we get podiatrists, right? So it's like walking around, which signifies lifestyle. So we could say, though we live in the flesh, we have a lifestyle in the flesh, in humanity. We do not war according to that humanity. The word war speaks of a military campaign. So it's a battle. So though we are human, we do not fight as humans. Huh. And this is why. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Think about it. Supernatural kingdom, supernatural people, supernatural warfare, supernatural weapons. The word weapon is simply an implement or a tool that you use in the fight. Warfare is the word stratia. It speaks of military service, which also includes hardship and danger. Perhaps it's where we get our word strategy. So we know that in a natural war scene, there's a lot of danger. There's a lot of hardship. And so it is in the spiritual war. Expect it. It's going to come. Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight, Timothy. First Timothy 1.18. He's telling young pastor Timothy, listen, there's a calling of God on your life. You get a church full of people that love God, but let me tell you something. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a fight. Fight the good fight. Don't fight the bad fight. Fight the good fight. So this gives us a wider scope of the Christian life and the supernatural kingdom. I wish more people taught messages 
on spiritual warfare, not kicking the devil in the head and punching him in the nose, but I mean how to use the weapons that God has provided, as we're going to see today in this program, okay? Because people need to be equipped. Even Christians fall into the flesh, and we fight our battles in the flesh instead of fighting our battles with the spiritual weapons that God has provided. So, though the Christian life is a life of blessing, we know it's not all blessing. It's a life of battles as well. And we all have a life to live. And when we come in contact with others who have their own life to live, in this, con- in this contact, there can be conflict, right? Sometimes things are said. Things are said, and they're hurtful. Sometimes things are done. Now, it could be intentional, it could be unintentional. It doesn't matter. What matters is, how am I going to handle the conflict? See, all these things can cause conflict, but we have to formulate a strategy. Because if not, a fleshly strategy is going to take over. And what does a fleshly strategy look like when it comes to conflicts? Well, you tell others what's going on. You know what we call that? Gossip and slander. That's a fleshly strategy. I'll get them. I'll spread stories about them. Sometimes another fleshly strategy to conspire with others. I'll get as many people on my side as possible. I'll show them how wrong they are. Fleshly strategy. Sometimes it's an outright threat. You'll be sorry. I'm going to get you. That's a threat. Sometimes we strategize on getting even. Oh, yeah? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? I'm coming after you now. Some people attack. Some people withdraw. But they're all fleshly. They're all human. And sadly, even social media has become a platform, a battleground for people's conflicts. I can't believe how people air their dirty laundry on social media for the whole world to see. I'm like, what's wrong with you people or those people, whoever they are? They air their family conflicts. They air their, oh, it's like, really? You want everybody knowing your business? You want everybody knowing how shallow you really are? Well, that's what they're saying. As a shallow person, they're bringing what's private in their home out for the whole world to see. That's what they're doing. It's like hanging their underwear out on the line. Just something you don't do. And they bring their stuff out for the whole world to see how bad my in-law is, my son, my daughter, my sister, my brother, my father, uh, my co whatever it is. That is not the place. It's sad. Because social media could be a good thing. I like looking at puppies on social media. But I don't want to hear people's baloney where they're attacking each other. And by the way, bullying? Bullying has hurt many people, especially young people. That That is a cowardly way to get at somebody, to bully them. Whether it's in person or whether it's on social media. And teach people not to do it. It's wrong, it's hurtful, and some people have ended their lives because of it. It's a terrible thing. So we have conflicts all around us. 
And what is worse than the conflicts that we find ourselves in? You know what it is? It's in the use of the wrong weapons and those conflicts. Anything we can muster up in our own human nature is not going to be used to protect and defend us in the supernatural kingdom. It doesn't work. You're in a different kingdom. You cannot use the weapons of the world to fight spiritual warfare. But God has given something greater. Yes, you know what Paul calls them? Divinely powerful. I like that. Divinely powerful. He said in verse 4, the weapons of our warfare, they're not of the flesh. They're not human, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of what? Fortresses. What's a fortress? Oh, it's a big, strong castle, a hideout. And God's weapon, like the big bad wolf, huff and puff and blow that thing down. Divinely powerful, the words are theos dunatos. God's dynamite. That's what that means. God's dynamite. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are God's dynamite. That's how you translate that. So anything that comes from God is greater than anything that comes from man. So why not use what God has provided? And what are some of the strategies that God provides? Some of those divine weapons. Well, here's a few. And remember now, it's a backwards kingdom. So we're fighting these battles differently. Okay? And Matthew 5.24, be reconciled before you bring your offering to God. As Jesus said, if you've got something against someone or they've got something against you, before you go to church and do all this hallelujah stuff, go be reconciled. Get right. Then come back and do all your hallelujah stuff. Okay? So reconciliation is a weapon of the supernatural kingdom. Another one is forgiveness. Like Jesus said in Matthew 18, 22, when Peter said, oh, I can forgive seven times. How does that sound? When, you know, the rule of the, of the day was three. Peter said, I'll do seven. And Jesus said, hey, Pete, how about 70 times seven? What? Yeah. How about just always forgive? That's a weapon. It's a divinely powerful weapon. God's dynamite. Here's another weapon. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Live in love. You know why? Because Paul said, hey, it never fails. Love never fails. Now, why use a weapon that fails, like gossip and slander and threats, when you can use a weapon that never fails? Agape love. That's the weapon. Oh, that's powerful. See, because conflict is not about winning and making the other person look bad. Conflict is about the heart, changing the heart, trying to have hearts healed, hearts coming together as one. That's a resolution. Not one wins and one loses, or one is right and one is wrong. I like what the Application Bible says. I use the Application Bible sometimes as a study book. It's pretty good. I think it's one that you should have in your library. And it says, 
The Christian must choose whose methods to use, the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. So you see how simple? We have to make the choice. Will I use fleshly weapons that I've done all my life and they always end up shooting myself in the foot? <laughs> or will I use weapons of God's kingdom? It goes on then it says, Paul assures us that God's mighty weapons, prayer, faith, hope, love, his word, and the Holy Spirit, they are powerful and effective. That's a quote from the Life Application Bible. See how it kind of, it not only gives us the word of God, but it comments in a very directive and encouraging way. Because he just outlined some of God's weapons, prayer, faith, hope, love, his word. Oh, and don't forget the Holy Spirit. They are powerful and effective. Oh, and then it makes one more comment. When dealing with the pride that keeps people from a relationship with Christ, we may be tempted to use our own methods, but nothing can break down these barriers like God's weapons. It's true. See, God knows what he's doing. God is the creator. He knows what works. Okay? So he provides to us things that we can utilize for our growth and his glory. The end result, here it comes now. Here comes the breakthrough. The end result in resolving conflict should always be to glorify God. That's what we're looking for, to glorify God. And that's why one time it was Jesus that said, listen, sometimes just suffer the wrong. Suffer the wrong for unity's sake. God knows the truth. You don't have to be right all the time. Sometimes we got to take it on the chin because there's a higher law at stake, the glory of God. If we fight, sometimes we fight for the glory of self, but we're actually fighting for the glory of God. So I say, the battles you don't win are the battles that you just keep on fighting because where, where there's no victory, there's constant conflict and it just keeps coming back. It does. That's why there are people that carry grudges all their life and there are people that avoid others all their life because there's been no victory. And that battle just keeps coming back like a bad penny. The men of the world, when they war, they do it for their honor and their glory. Oh, they do it to enlarge their territories, right? Like we said about Russia and China. But we believers, we war for the glory of God. Is God getting the glory? The glory of God means that he would be revealed in our lives. That's what that means. Is God being revealed while we're engaging in spiritual warfare? When we engage in kingdom warfare, are we seeing the glory of God? Or are we showing the glory of self in the battle? That's the key. How does this glorify God? 
It'll change the way you fight your battles. It'll change the outlook. You might think, this is how I want this to end. But if you want to bring glory to God, it might have a different ending. You might be more tolerant, more patient, more forgiving, more loving than you were. But the end result is to bring glory to God. Let me tell you something. That will keep friendships together. That will keep marriages together. That will keep churches together in oneness and unity when we think about the end result being to give glory to God. And resolving conflict or fighting our spiritual battles, the first thing that needs to be done, you got to recognize the real enemy. The real enemy. Right? What did Paul say? We don't fight against flesh and blood. Behind the person, there is something spiritual going on. That person is a pawn, somehow, some way. Jesus talked about battles and warfare. You know, any general that goes into battle must do an intense examination of the one that's opposing him, right? It's got to be, well, how strong is my enemy? What kind of equipment do they have? Are their supply lines fortified? And this is true in war. You know what else it's true in? Football and boxing. A football team must know the strengths and the weaknesses of their opposing team. And then they exploit those weaknesses. In boxing, a boxer has to know, well, again, the strengths and the weaknesses of his opponent. So there are so many aspects of life that we have to plan and think ahead. And Jesus knew how this worked. He even commented, he said in Luke fourteen thirty one, what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he's strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000 men. So even a smart king, and Jesus says, see, he uses battles as an example because he knows that's what fills the world. Battles fill the world. So even the king, a smart king, he counts the cost. He considers the enemy. Jesus gave another example of a guy building a tower. What man builds a tower? The tower he's speaking about is one that's built in a vineyard. Because what would happen in harvest time? Thieves would come and steal the grapes. So you build a tower so you can watch the vineyard. If they come, you sick the dogs on them. So he said, if you're going to build a tower, you count the cost. Make sure you can finish it. Because if you can't finish it, you're a laughing stock. And they're going to steal your grapes. So, And he's talking about counting the cost to follow Christ. Something else we don't hear a lot about. Count the cost. If you count the cost to follow Christ, you're not going to quit because you realize, oh, it's really going to cost me. I got to pick up my cross. I got to deny myself. I got to let death work in me so life can work in others. Jesus says, come with me and die. Count the cost. If you haven't, then you're going to be a pushover for Satan and you won't last. That's why we need to count the cost. So, as Christians, we need to recognize who it is we're truly fighting. 
and realize that the source of our conflicts have a spiritual origin. Okay? Get to tuck that away. The source of my conflicts have a spiritual origin. And that's why Paul gave us a beautiful outline in Ephesians 6 about the armor of God. That's not something you wear to a wedding. That's what you wear to battle, right? So Paul is saying, when you get up in the morning and you get ready for the day, you're going to put on your armor. You're going to put on all that stuff that's going to protect your mind. Because you know why? The enemy, fiery dots, flaming arrows. And what are they? They're negative thought projections. They're thought projections that make you think things that are negative, that are ungodly. There might be thoughts about you, where you're unworthy and you're of no value and you're insignificant. Or there may be thoughts about somebody else, how they don't like you and, and, and they get it in for you. And it's all lies. It's all, everything Satan says, think about it, is a lie. Jesus called him the father of lies. So whatever negative projection comes into your head, that's why you need the helmet of salvation. Protect it. The shield of faith, where you can extinguish those fiery dots. You see what life is? We need to focus, and I think we need to think more about the fact that the Christian life is more of a battle than it is anything else. It really is. And you know why I say that? Because there really is so much dysfunction in the Christian life. So many dysfunctional Christians, and, you know, hey, I'm one of them. (laughs) But that's why we need to focus. Hey, this life is a battle. It's a battle. It's not a beach. It's a battle. And I got to be prepared. And I got to count the cost. Because I am in a warfare that's never going to end. I'll tell you what, I wish more people could hear this. Uh, You know, you actually can at the Hope Club podcast. Because these are the things that really equip us. I mean, I like to bring things that can help people in their daily walk. They're real, they're practical, based on Scripture. That's the important thing. If it's based on Scripture, it's true. So listen, join the Hope Club, go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar, it's all there. Go to WAIV, lifechangingradio.com. Let's collect some money and let's send Bibles to Africa, to Asia. <clears throat> We're spoiled. We got Bibles all over the place. Those people wish they just had one. Just one. The sword of the Spirit. Collect some money, send it over to our brothers and sisters on the other side of the world.